Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, welcome to the Instant Reaction post-game podcast for the 23 Personnel. We are discussing the Texas Tech victory over Houston 38-21 to down in Houston tonight. Um, I, I think, Michael, where, where I'd like to start is talk about how the game turned around uh, after the end of the first quarter, really, how you had... Worst case scenario, the storm of things go go against you in the first quarter, and then how Texas Tech was able to to then go basically thirty eight seven the rest of the way. So let's talk about that that first quarter. Uh, Houston opened up the game in that first drive with, I mean, it was a long drive, seven and a half minutes, sixteen plays, seventy five yards, ended with a touchdown. Then they had the onside kick recovery, and then their second drive was another two minutes, eight play, 54-yard, that ended in a touchdown. Sorry, um, it was four and a half minutes. So um, the first time that Tyler Shuck and the Texas Tech offense got the ball, it was they were down 14-0 with like three minutes left in the first quarter. Um you know, definitely not an ideal start, but I think I kind of said it in jest to kind of blow it off a little bit. I was like, that feels like, that feels very desperate um, of Dan Holgerson to, to go for it on fourth down uh, the two or three times he did in, in, in those opening drives and then to have the onside kick. Um, and I thought, at least at that point in the game, that you had such a like just the way that momentum was set up that your defense was going to be gassed having been on the field for the first 12 minutes of the game. Uh, and then when your offense finally gets on, they're down 14 points. It was going to change the outlook of the entire game. It, well, it, it, it got worse after that. I mean, because not only did tech, when tech finally got the ball, which was great, we got to see Shuck in action. They were moving the ball. They were going downfield. Cumbie was calling it pretty pretty evenly balanced. I know, I'm not sure, I can't remember where Shuck ended up because I've got a different sheet pulled up right now. I mean, I know at one point he was six for six early on in the game, so he was getting the ball down the field. Tech was in the red zone, and then I believe it was White who fumbled it, which is, I can't find this in the box score on ESPN. It's like they don't even credit anyone with the fumble, but he definitely fumbled it um, right in the red zone. So, you know, Tech was... Down 14-0, but then the offense came out, and we were all encouraged and happy to see him driving, moving the ball, feeling pretty good. Then the fumble happens. So not even – you didn't get even any bit of reprieve after that. Um, you know, Houston took over the ball. I would say this was probably where things started to turn a little bit. Uh, you know, they were held to a three and out in a, their first punt, and then Tech was – 
finally able to get on the board later, uh, you know, first play from the line of scrimmage after that punt with Taj Brooks taking over, who had an awesome game. I know we'll get to the individual players shortly, but I would say that was probably, you know, the inkling of where it turned, but it still just felt like Houston was able to score too soon um, immediately after that to, not immediately, but a few drives after that to go up 21-7. You felt a little bit better about coming out after half, or at least I did, thinking, okay, well, Tech's going to get the ball at least. Um, and then, of course, they punt. They go three and out after the second half. <laughs> so I'm still trying to pinpoint exactly when it started feeling better. But um, I guess the pick six, when when Tech tied it, would you say that that was the official Moment that was the that was the first moment all all night. I probably jumped up from my couch and did a fist pump. Is that kind of where you are on that? Yeah, for sure. Because um, when when you know you, you mentioned it, when Texas Tech finally got the ball back, they they drove down. They had that long pass play to Ezukama. He got knocked out. Uh, you know, inside the five, very close to having scored. Um, and then on the you know the next player or whatever it was. Xavier White fumbled it. Um, you know, you, you felt pretty down, like, wow, this is – not only did, did Houston kind of do all this kind of stuff in the first quarter to to get that 14-point lead, um, you finally get the ball, you get down to the goal line, and then you, you lose possession. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't really until um, that that pick six that you felt things were, were turning um, – that you had, you, you were able to, to slow the momentum. Um, Houston's only other score uh, was at the very end of the, the first half, the second quarter. They, they took over the ball in possession with about five minutes left to go. Five minutes and 15 seconds. They ran a 13 play drive that took four minutes and 52 seconds. So it left, you know, just 20 seconds left to score their last points of the night. Um, but that was, you know, the 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 turnaround there with, with the defense being able to to stop what Houston was able to do because early on those first two drives, it just felt like they were able to do whatever they wanted to do. Oh yeah, I mean, Tune was Tune was not getting pressured at all. I, I think they changed that a little bit. Pretty sure they were rushing three in the first half a lot. Uh, I, I just I just think they got completely caught off guard and put on their heels by Holgerson's aggressiveness and going for it on those fourth downs. And luckily, you know, I I guess we can go with some mythical halftime adjustments that came, whether it was absolutely, a, yeah, whether it was some sort of vocal encouragement you could say, or uh, just a, a a slight schematic change because it sure seemed that they were rushing four a lot more often. And even when they would rush three, um, I remember our nose tackle. I can't remember who was in at the time, but, man, he he had enough time back there behind the offensive line to sack Toon twice. He fell down was Brad and then got up and sacked him. I mean, it, he was back there long enough to sack him twice. Uh, maybe it was just the offensive line on Houston just kind of got worn down a little bit. I, I'm not really sure exactly what changed. I can't pinpoint it because it was the same group of guys out there on the front, uh, but they were definitely being more aggressive in the second half. Yeah, for and sure. it was a lot more effective. 
So we're going we're to take a look at the offense and, and the defense uh, individual uh, individually. Guys that are in the room, if, if, if there's something that you want to add to the discussion, you know, raise your hand, ask to come up. We'll, we'll, we'll let you come on with us and talk. But let's start with, with the Texas Tech offense uh, and look at the man that we were all really excited to see in his first game. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Shaq, into the night, 17 of 24 for 231 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, and at one point early on in the game, super efficient. You mentioned six of six. Uh, those those incompletions, which only seven on the night, really came later uh, when they started to, to open up a little bit and take some take some shots down the field. Um, there was that, that drop there in the fourth quarter by, by Mason Tharp that, you know, could have extended the drive when it was still 31, 21 at that point, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just a few minutes left. And you thought if you were able to, to convert there, um, you would be able to put the game away, but the air, uh, the, the passing attack, um, when when Shuck had time, there were a lot of times when when his his offensive line uh, broke down really quickly. Um, yes. When he had time, you know he, he was he was really efficient and effective. Um, Would you say the? I mean, when the offensive broke down, when the offensive line broke down, that was probably the most. Aside from just how the defense just got completely caught off guard in the first half. I think as much uh, as Shuck was pressured, that might have been the most disappointing part of the game for me. And a lot of it was just because I went into the game feeling way more op- optimistic about the offensive line. Um, you know, you get the transfer in from TCU that presumably came because of Cumbie on um, on the left side. And I'd, of course, he went out a little bit. But, man, I know there was one play – I think it was in the third quarter. They had three guys rushing. They let two of them in untouched. And it wasn't as if they missed the block. They just turned away from them. I I know for, I I think our center just completely turned to the left. And a guy just walked in right behind him and took Shuck to the ground. So there was a lot of that going on. I feel like maybe it was, I don't know if it's coaching. Or or bad communication at the line itself. It wasn't so much a lack of effort, at least in that play. It was just 
oh, well, there's this guy standing right in front of me, but I don't need to block him because I'm assuming someone else is. And then they both turn opposite directions and he waltzes through with a straight line uh, headed straight for, for shock. Yeah, and, and uh, there were several plays where, where the offensive line was just beat or uh, I, I think the, the play you're talking about, like West and right turned one direction and the defensive tackle's like, okay, yeah, I'll take this Thanks. giant hole you created for me and yeah. give him the quarterback. Um, but when when the, the offensive line was on, I mean, uh, like 230 yards in the, in the air is not like spectacular for a Texas Tech passing attack. Um, but on the ground, you rush. If you take out the sacks, you rush for 168 yards on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taj Brooks filling in mightily for Roger Thompson, who didn't play. 15 carries, 134 yards. Uh, two touchdowns, a, an average of 8.9 yards per carry. A lot of that's going to be due to that 44-yard touchdown run he had there in the end and really put it away. Um, but nobody else behind was even close. Miles Price had, two, you know, was credited with two carries for eight yards. Xavier White, four carries for four yards. Kalen Geiger had one carry. Shuck had six carries, but for a net of minus two yards. Uh, and then Shuck was the only other guy to carry for to, to run for a touchdown uh, but 168 yards good for 6.7 yards per carry um, that's that kind of production is going to help you win a lot of games yeah and on the on Rob Rose College tailgate today we were fortunate to be asked to join him again this year we had our players of the game predictions now I did I did pick Eric as a comma but I don't think any of us picked Taj Brooks, which looking at this stat line, we all look like idiots because, I mean, he carried the ball for 15 times, 134 yards, nine yards, 8.9 yards a carry, two touchdowns. I was really getting loose. Um, you know, once he broke through that front line, he he was making some making some hay back there. And I think he mentioned he had 44 yards on his longest run of the day. Um, I mean, just – Really impressive. I should have. Ex- I knew he was going to do well, but uh, I don't know if I expected him to step in and have the impact he did right away as the you know um, starting in place of Sir Roderick Thompson. Yeah, um, and then through the air, you mentioned as a comment was your your player of the game. Seven catches, one hundred and seventy nine yards, no touchdowns, but along of fifty yards. Average reset, average yards per catch was just under 26 yards, uh, seven catches on 10 targets. Um, and th- th- there was a line that, that Rob picked up earlier, or that he was sharing with us, and was asking us if we would take Ezu Kanma versus Keyshawn Carter plus 20. Um, any guesses where Keyshawn Carter ended up on the reception list for Houston? Ooh, it's pretty low. He had one catch, nine yards. Yeah, the first time I heard his name called was, uh, I mean, that was fourth. And it quarter. was like a fly sweep type thing. Yeah, it was it was a it's a pitch, but it's a forward pitch. So it was technically a re- reception. Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, that um, you know Ho- Hogan made the game. You know, I-, I think this was intentional. I didn't see Hogan on the depth chart. I didn't see Henry on the depth chart. But uh, Henry carried the ball a couple of times. He might have caught – yeah, he had four receptions. Um, so I, I feel like some of that was just kind of some intentional gerrymandering of the 
depth chart by Holgerson to to get the former Red Raiders out there and playing against their former team. Yeah, um, we'll get to the defense in just a second. Let's start with the receiving. Um, we we were looking for the the tight ends to play a, a crucial role in the offense tonight. Um, I didn't really see that till I mean. Right at the end, I guess, when Travis Coons got a couple of passes, he ended the night the second leading receiver with four catches, 28 yards. Huge gap, obviously, because uh, everything went through Ezra Conla. Um, he, he caught all four of the passes he was thrown. Kalen Geiger uh, had five catches, only 11 yards with a long of five. Trey Cleveland had one catch. Dalton Rigdon had one catch. Xavier White had one catch. Uh, and Xavier White, his one catch was the the one passing touchdown from Tyler Shuck. So again, seventeen receptions, two hundred thirty one yards, one touchdown. Um, good for just under fourteen yards per catch. Um, so your offense, mainly because of the the first quarter where you only had you know three or four plays, you were only able to run fifty two plays, and then again, obviously when you get in the fourth quarter when you're You've got a lead. You're slowing down quite a bit. Uh, but you ran 52 plays to Houston's 73. So let's look at the, the Texas Tech defense. On 73 plays for Houston, you gave up 251 yards. And it feels uh, – it's been a it long time. It was very front-heavy. It was very front-heavy. Right. Like It, it feels like um, – I, I can't remember a time when you've given up so few yards, and it's it's – Definitely not been against a team like Houston in, in quite some time. Uh, those first two drives, like I'm, we're talking about at the beginning of the show, those accounted for 129 of their yards. So almost exactly half of their yards came in the first quarter. Um, and then once you kind of settled down from that, uh, you only allowed them to score one more touchdown the rest of the game. You had a complete shutout in the second half. Um. Yeah, you went. You like I said, you went thirty-eight and seven over the last three quarters of the game. Uh, One hundred and seventy-four passing yards, seventy-seven rush yards. Um, what was frustrating in, in, in the rushing game? Nobody was like super efficient or effective. Uh, but it felt like anytime that you were able to get a little bit of pressure on Tune, he he escaped. Uh, and picked up some yards. He had 13 carries on the night for 28 yards total. Now, there were a lot of those sack-adjusted yards, uh, sorry, sacks that were taken out. So sack-adjusted rushing output for Houston was just at 108. So Toon lost 31 yards in sacks tonight. Mm. Um, so his his total for the night would have been, what is that, uh, 10 carries or whatever it was for – 71 yards. I'm trying to do math on the fly here. Um, the next leading kick rusher was Melba Carr, 13 carries for 37 yards. Your rush defense night was just outstanding. Yeah, and just the defense as a whole, I wanted to just throw out the drive summary for Houston in the second half because it's brutal. Now, as we've discussed already, Houston did not score in the second half. So, I mean, most of what you're going to hear is expected, but drive summary for the Houston offense, punt, pick six, punt, interception, punt, punt, interception, end of game. 
it felt like we needed the, the dramatic music in the reading, like um, Dan oh, the does. Solid verbal guys. The solid yeah. verbal. Yeah. Punt, interception, punt, interception, <laughs> punt, punt, interception. Yeah. Three of your four interceptions tonight came in the second half, and that was a big part of how you were able to slow down the Houston offense. You forced Toon to throw four interceptions on the night, two of which were picked or were, were tipped first. Um, the other yeah, but two. But still, I mean. That play by uh, by Monroe, where he just dove, he instinctively dove, and somehow still came up with that pick and had it off the ground. Just incredible. And Fry, I think Fry's happened so fast, and I was kind of getting ready to record and everything. I barely even saw Fry's, but wasn't it a one hander or something? Yeah. So when, when you said when you were talking about when you were getting ready to talk about Monroe's play, I thought you were actually going to mention Fry's. So Fry's interception, it was tipped, and he caught it one handed. Um, so the ball was obviously not uh, not traveling on a regular path, and he was able to catch it one-handed as he was also going to the ground. Man. Um, but you had uh, the Rico Jeffers interception there when you had backed up uh, Houston deep in their own territory when you had the great kickoff coverage. Um, you were able to get some pressure. Jeffers stepped in front of a pass and was able to take it to the end zone. Um but yeah, and, and this is something that we kind of saw in, in our pregame scouting of Houston. Like, if you were able to get pressure on Tune, he's a bad passer. Um, if you're able to contain him and, and not let him run, um, he's just he's not a very good or efficient quarterback, right? Uh, yeah. He ended the night 27 of 38 for 174 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, and that is good for, let's see, 6.4 yards per catch as opposed to Texas Tech's 13.6. Yeah, they never really threw it downfield. Uh, I just didn't see it happen very much. I mean, his completion percentage is nothing to sneeze at, but they they weren't taking shots downfield. Of course, Tech didn't do it that much, but when they did, it paid off because Izakama just decided to Single-handedly ruined Marcus Jones's night. I mean, there was just no. And that was there was no not single-handedly. Two hands usually like yeah, somehow. There was a lot of physicality. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of grabbing, a lot of jersey pulling. Um, it seems like the refs, for the most part, I only remember one penalty called on either one, and it, it may have been on. I think it was on Ezukama. No, I yeah. think it was one on each. But but either way, they were they were letting the guys play, which I guess is. Is fine because it worked out in Tech's favor this time. Uh, I, I was talking with a um, friend of the show, I hope, uh, on on Twitter, and, and uh, she she mentioned something about how she felt like Azukama just let go of him, and you know Jones just fell to the ground, and it, it was kind of like when you're when you're posting when your post player is really leaning in and backing into the the defender, and the defender just pulls the chair out from under him. It was kind of that same deal, but at the same time, I thought, I don't know if Ezukama can hold on to him like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was just interesting that, it's, that I was—I'm not used to getting that call, guys. And anyone else listening is like, yeah, that t- nine nine times out of ten, that call is going to go against Tech. So you know, the few times we get to keep keep possession of the ball, then I'm going to take it. Yeah, for sure. And, and that play specifically, I, I, I told Samantha and I, I put it in the Slack check. You may not have seen it, but I was talking about that 
Ezra Conway and Jones were, were, were like leaning into each other. Um, and then Ezra Conway just let go and mm-hmm. Jones lost his balance and fell. Then he jumped up asking for the flag. I was like, no oh, man, you lost your balance and fell. <laughs> there was no pass interference there. So you allowed, uh, Houston on 27 catches, 174 yards through the year. Their leading receiver, Tate Dell, seven receptions, 80 yards, one touchdown, long of 24 yards. So even when they were able to break free, a long of 24 yards, um, you're, you're able, you're, you know, you're, you're much more, you'd much rather give up only 24 yards than just a huge, you know, a bunch of chunk plays. Then they're tied in Christian Trahan. Six catches, 42 yards. Tejon Henry, four catches, 24 yards. Um, Marcus Jones, their cornerback, had three catches for a net of zero yards. Uh, Melba Carr, two catches. Um, the transfer from Minnesota Green had one catch for a touchdown. Keyshawn Carter, one catch, nine yards. Irwin, the UCLA transfer, one catch for five yards. McCaskill, one catch, no yards. Herslow, one catch. For negative yards. So, yeah. defense, like, I once, feel like once we should... you were able to get through the first quarter, like, you really were able to, yeah. to control the game. Like, it, it, even saying, like, 77 yards on the ground, 174 yards through the year, 251 total yards, like, that's that's nothing. And, two, like, you know, half of that came on, on the first two drives. I, I couldn't, you know, the week before, because this past week, when we recorded, we both picked Tech to win. Um, I think you were you were closer than I was. What did you have? Thirty-eight twenty-one? No, no, 38, I had thirty-eight 31? thirty-one. Yeah, I had thirty-five. So let me go ahead. And, so let me go ahead and take the credit there for that last touchdown there from Doug Brooks. <laughs> so sure. So we we picked Tech to win after the week before, where we both thought, oh man, Tech. After the scrimmage, we were still down after the scrimmage and just couldn't get it out of our heads, couldn't get the taste of out of our mouth, and felt like it was. They were going to come out flat. Felt like the guys were going to come out flat. And it sure looked like that was what was happening in the first half. But somehow they pulled their way out of it. Credit to the coaching staff to some extent. Um, you, you know, I don't want to overlook the fact that it seemed very hopeless there for a while for the first 20 minutes of the game. That this was just going to be everything that could possibly go wrong was going to go wrong. And the guys kept fighting. The coaches kept fighting. No one gave up. Uh, so, so there's at least that. But there's also that part of me that's thinking Tech shouldn't have been down like that in the first place. Um, right. I mean, you know, it just, you were down it just shouldn't have gone that way. Yes. Yeah, you were down 21-7, and it felt like, you know, with the size advantage you had on both sides of the ball, like they were able to, to negate that, and they were kind of pushing you around. Um, yeah, they were. I don't know if they were quicker. I, I'm I'm really not sure exactly what it was, but they were. Yeah, they were not quite as big, but still uh, getting through our our linemen, um, you know, and and pushing our guys on the de- on the defensive line too somehow. Yeah. So let's wrap up with some of the other uh, other aspects of the game. The penalties were just about even. Both teams had six penalties. Texas Tech forty seven yards. Houston had fifty yards. Um, things that like you would like to, to see much more effective and efficient. You were third, three of ten on third downs. Um, you held Houston to five of seventeen, but they were also four for four on fourth downs. 
Yeah. Uh, you ran only 52 plays. Again, most of that was because you only ran like three plays in the first quarter. Houston ran 73. You had 7.2 yards per play to Houston's 3.4. Um, average rush of 6.7 for Texas Tech at 3.5 for Houston. You were 3 of 4 in the red zones at one time you weren't able to convert was the fumble by Xavier White. Houston was 2 for 2. They dominated. Houston dominated the time of possession, 37 minutes to 23 minutes. Uh, the biggest issue, though, you forced four turnovers. Uh, good for you know 20 defensive points came from those point, from those four turnovers, uh, and you just had the one where you lost the fumble. Um, Tyler Sheck was sacked four times for 31 yards. Sorry. Toon was sacked four times for 31 yards. Shuck was sacked. Oh, said that three times fast. Shuck was (laughs) sacked three times, 23 yards. Hey, do you want to give us a class on how to pronounce Shuck? Do you think they got that out of their system? Sure. Or is that going to be on every uh, game? It rhymes with truck. It does? And all the other things. I don't know, man. That was, it was so weird how they kept hammering that. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's, let's go through that again. Five minutes after we did it the first time. Sure. All right. So before we wrap up, Daniel, Michael, Brian, Shane, or Keith, if you if you have anything to, to say or add, we, we'd welcome you guys to to join, request to, to join up on the on the stage, and and I'm gonna hear you guys' thoughts and and reactions to Game One, 2021. Yeah, y'all heard us ramble enough. If y'all want to come up and congratulate the coaching staff or uh, give them an earful for being down 21-7 in a quote-unquote neutral site. I mean, I, I find it kind of weird to have a neutral game in the same town that the school is in that you're playing in. That doesn't feel very neutral to me. No. But what do I know? I'm, I mean, I'm way behind the times. I, I finally saw that Applebee's commercial tonight that everybody hates. That's how far behind the times in it. And um, they're right to hate it. It's terrible. Uh, are you talking about that that Luke Walker song? Is that who it is? Oof. Uh, <laughs> Keith, welcome to the post game instant reaction. What what were some of your thoughts from the game tonight? Keith, you there? Right, well, we'll give him a second. Uh, anybody else that wants to join? Just hit that request. We'll, we'll add you up to the stage. Uh, and you oh, can your there he is. Hey. I, found, I found the button. There you go. <laughs> there he is. What's up, Keith? You sorry. You guys may have uh, you guys may have talked about this. I came in a little late, but I was going to say on the four ints. I mean, you could have had six. There were two in the hands, you know, that you didn't pull in, and so That's I mean, they were all over. Now. But. Uh, I mean, I really want to make jokes about, like, when does Matt Wells get an extension? But on the real, I mean, Dana Holgerson came in, punched him in the mouth, obviously got Tech on their heels. But I'm kind of sitting here wondering, did he come in aggressive or did he come in a little bit desperate? Is he feeling some pressure, feeling his back against the wall, carrying the weight of what their expectations are there? Because, man, he came in really looking to – beat tech down and try to get up early and, and it obviously didn't work. I'm just 
there, I couldn't be more impressed with the grit of Texas Tech to make that comeback. Uh, I thought that was really impressive from a mental toughness and teamwork standpoint. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's definitely something that I thought too that it felt like more of a desperation move on Holgerson's part, especially after you saw how Texas Tech was able to recover uh, and then withstand the rest of the game. That it felt like if Houston was going to be able to do anything to make this game competitive or to win, that they had to to really, you know, change the tide. Like they had to do something big, um, which they did. I mean, credit to them. They came out. They took the opening possession. Uh, it was like fourteen whatever plays. Uh, 16 plays for a touchdown. They had the onside, which worked um, in their favor. And the next drive, eight plays and a touchdown. And then early on, it just felt like, wow, this this really sucks. Um, <laughs> but, if, you know, to, to, to the, the team's credit and wherever that, that tide started to shift, where it was offense or defense, they, they didn't um, – like it never felt like out of reach for them, whereas you know we were all pretty pretty down on the team, or pretty uh, frustrated with how the game had started. Uh, but yeah, yeah and for if, sure, if, this is not a game I think you would have won two or three years ago. Well, and if this was if I was a Houston fan who had somehow watched a lot of Tech football during the Kingsbury era, I'm sure there's a Venn diagram of of that exist that fan exists somewhere. It probably would have felt very similar because. Some of those Kingsbury teams now, every now and then, not every now and then, it felt like a lot of times they would go three and out on their first drive after electing to receive. But uh, there were some of those games where he would have what we'd always referred to and kind of joked about was the script, where it felt like he had scripted out the first drive. Things would just be humming along, moving beautifully. Maybe even the second drive would, would uh, feel the same way. And then the rest of the game, it was as if that never happened. And that was kind of, if I was a Houston fan, that's how I'd feel about this game. It was just, well, why weren't they able, you know, they're going home going, why, why weren't they able to do that the whole game? I mean, they just punched Tech in the mouth for 15, 20 minutes and then just couldn't do it anymore. Somehow just were unable to put drives together. Their, two of their scoring drives were 13 and 16 plays. I mean, I don't know the last time Tech ever put a 13 or 16 play drive. That's really impressive. Um, so I, I think they're going to be really disappointed and, you know, Tech's going to be patting themselves on the back for being able to slow that down. Cause yeah, it was aggressive. And I know that you said it tongue in cheek in the Slack chat, Spencer, but I, it, it aggressive can be also viewed as desperate depending on, uh, you know, what lens you're looking at it. Well, and, and it certainly helps that it, it came out and it didn't actually, you know, didn't help in, in the long run affect the outcome of the game. Uh, had had Houston been able to to build a bigger lead or or to continue on that success and just hold Texas Tech, you know, at arm's length throughout the rest of the game, you'd be like, well, it was really smart and aggressive for for Holgerson to do what he did. Um, but then to see the rest of the game where like they were just mainly ineffective and inefficient on offense, especially once you were fig- once you were able to figure out the pass rush, um, you're like, okay, so maybe maybe that kind of reeked of desperation, like. Holgerson maybe mm-hmm. maybe knew the shortcomings of his team, and it's like if we're gonna have a chance, we need we need to hit something big. So, yeah, and it does. I mean, it was just working for him, and then all of a sudden it and then it, it wasn't quit working for him. They ran out <laughs> of the they ran out of the, the advantage they had, and had to rely on just lacing up and just going at it. 
one at a time. Well, you've got to give some credit there to halftime adjustments too. And I mean, yes. what they were able to, to figure out and come out and change. And I mean, obviously the, the energy and intensity jumped up when the success started to come too. I mean, in, in a big way, but, and I can't put my finger on all of them. I'd have to look and, you know, take notes and all that. But the things that they did coming out after the half definitely helped turn that tide and get Houston. They weren't even on their heels. They were on their butt. I mean, for the rest of yeah. the game, that was just it. Uh, one thing, did, did y'all notice this? And maybe this has happened before, but I swear Cumbie was using Koontz as a fullback here and there. Did anyone else notice that? He was lining up behind the line of scrimmage in front of the running back a few times. Am I the only one who noticed that, or did I make that up? Yeah, I I, I think we've seen um, like Yost do that maybe a couple of times just to get some, some different looks, but it was more like if he did that, then um, Coons would be going – like if, if, if he was lined up on the left side of the line, then he'd be going and blocking to the right. Like he would never go ahead of, of the running back. He'd, you know, he'd go to the side. Um, but yeah, tonight it looked like, you know, he was used a little bit more aggressively in front of the running back. Um, and I'm forget, I, we're forgetting that Taj Brooks, his first touchdown was, was 41 yards. So he had those two 40 yards touchdown runs in the mm-hmm. game. Um, which was beautiful because that, that line, like it was, you know, there was a hole open up by the offensive line. It wasn't huge, but Brooks was able to see it get in and through it really quickly and then just get north and south. Um, and then, oh my gosh, that 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 catch and run by Ezra Conwell, where he caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and he had like four Houston guys draped on him, uh, yeah, and then broke for fifty yards after that. Then he had a convoy with him too. That was yeah, that was really Great. cool to see because it was one of those plays you look up and you figure, what running back is that? And oh, nope, that was wrong. I, I missed I missed the part where he caught it. Yeah, I was just kind of looking up and saw a guy running escorted, um, and I didn't know it was going to be a receiver. All right, so Daniel, Michael, Brian, or Shane, if you guys have anything that you want to add, please jump on. But if not, we're going to look ahead and and, and get you guys ready. We're going to have the, the preview for Stephen F. Austin uh, coming out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning um, for the for next weekend's game. And then you've got Florida International in two weeks. Um, sets you up really nicely. It'd be three and one heading down to Austin to take on Texas in the first conference game of the year. Um, Michael, you have any, any last thoughts of either the game today or just college football in general this weekend? I'm, I'm just going to say it again, just because I wanted to, <laughs> and it felt good to say it the first time, but it just feels really good to be on the other side of a collapse. It's not something that tech's been able to enjoy, uh, lately. Um, and the only thing I've, I've got to say about Stephen F. Austin right now is they did beat Tarleton State tonight, 20 to 10. So we'll give that oh, wow. a, a preview and check it out. <laughs> um, but I know, I forget, who is it? Who in the Big 12 plays Tarleton State? Not that it matters. I'm just, I'm just rambling. We can, we can stop there, Spencer. <laughs> I'm, I'm done right. from over here. All right, well, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll be doing this every week, uh, probably about 30 minutes after the game ends. We're going live here on Spotify Green Room. Thanks for joining us, and as always, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. 
You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.